Hey there, and welcome to Coordinating Chaos with the ADHD Lady. I'm your host, Amanda, and I am so glad that you joined me today. This podcast is for neurodivergence by a neurodivergent. I'm an ADHD coach with ADHD and ASD, and I am here to help. So let's spend some time together now and maybe learn a few things. Hi, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Coordinating Chaos with the ADHD Lady. I'm your host, Amanda, and this week on the podcast, we're changing things up a little bit. Originally, I planned on this episode being about ADHD myths, given that last month was ADHD Awareness Month, but I think we'll cover that one in the future. Instead, this week, we're going to be talking about meeting your needs when you have ADHD. But first, don't forget to hit that subscribe button to follow along for future episodes. Also, check out theadhdlady.org for upcoming classes and to reach out about coaching. I have a few people graduating in the next month and will have some openings coming up. Also, make sure that you check out my social media platforms under the username the underscore ADHD underscore lady. Now let's dig into this week's episode. All right, friends. So let's talk about meeting your needs. The main reason I wanted to shift gears to do this episode is because I have had to prioritize meeting my needs over my podcast several times this year, especially over the last month. I love creating these episodes. They're a phenomenal free resource, and that's why I do this. I haven't really monetized my podcast or anything. This is just something I do to help the ADHD community because that's what I'm motivated by as a coach is helping others. But we can't help others at the expense of ourself. There's a reason they tell us to put the oxygen mask on ourselves before anybody else. And as ADHDers, a lot of us fall into people-pleasing. It's a really common thing when you're a perfectionist. And I'm going to just say it. I haven't met an ADHDer who isn't also a perfectionist. And if you're sitting there going, "Mm, nope, that's not me, perfectionism, I have a whole episode about it, can look a lot of different ways. And one of those ways can be that you are so paralyzed by the idea that you're not going to do it well enough that you are afraid to do it at all. Now, this doesn't mean that we can't recover from perfectionism. That's something that I have done. I am a recovering perfectionist. It is something that I am constantly thinking about. I am trying not to people please every single day. Um, I have the tools to do that now. And actually, I have a whole unit on that. (laughs) But the point of it is that so often ADHDers fall into the trap where people pleasing takes priority over taking care of yourself. And it would be very hypocritical of me to have forced myself into recording episodes when I didn't have the capacity to do so. My last episode was about meeting your baseline. And when it comes to work, my podcast is not a baseline item. It is not one of the bare minimums that I absolutely need to do to keep my business running. There are other items that take priority. But prioritizing is so difficult when you have ADHD. Planning and prioritizing are executive functioning skills that it takes us a long time to figure out. And if you put me back to 10 years ago and I was in this situation where I had to figure out, okay, am I going to take the time to rest or am I going to do all of these extra projects? Yeah, I know what I would have done. And I would have given myself a worse situation with my own health. 
Because see, for October, I did a stupid thing. Um, I have not taken any vacations all year. Uh, We do a family trip to the beach once a year. And um, I was invited to do a girl's trip uh, as well. And both of those trips fell in the month of October. Side note, October is a phenomenal time to take a beach vacation normally. This year it was freaking freezing and it normally isn't that. It's normally very nice when we get to go to uh, Outer Banks. It's also a lot cheaper and splitting it between the whole family. I mean, talk about a nice affordable vacation and you can cook your meals at home just like you would when you are actually home. It's great, but I wasn't actually home. And the girls' trip that I took was we went on family vacation the very first week of the month. We came home. I had surgery that week. And then the following week, I went on that girls' trip. And then the week after that was Halloween. Show me the free time. And I also want you to be able to define your own free time a little differently, friends, because free time does not just mean time that is completely unbooked in your day. Because when we're talking about meeting our needs, we have to be mindful that things like play and rest are needs. Our needs are not only eat, sleep, breathe. We have more needs than that. So if we are talking about meeting your needs, when you have all of those needs listed out, all the things that you need to be your most functional self. When you take that moment to decide, okay, how much rest do I need? Are you chronically ill too? Because I'm a chronic disaster, I can tell you that much, so I need more rest than a lot of other people. Um, That's why I plan my weeks the way that I do. Because if I had the expectation that I was going to start my workday at 8 a.m. and end it at 5 p.m., that would be a very unfunctional schedule for me. Now, I also, because I own my own business, have the ability to shift my schedule however I need to, which I'm very blessed to do. Um, But it is something that I have to keep in mind. You know, in the morning, I am stiff as a board. I am not a person who gets up and goes to the gym and does all kinds of crazy stuff before 10 o'clock. That is not me. Before 10 o'clock, I get up. I eat breakfast, I drink coffee, I watch a little TV, and I meditate. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that because then after 10 o'clock, I get ready and um, I do start at 10 a couple of days a week. So, you know, usually that morning time is cut short on those days. But on the other days when I start at like 11, uh, you know, it's, it's a good functional morning system for me because it helps me to meet my needs. It doesn't force my body into something that it's not ready to do yet. I make sure that I am fed. I make sure that I have water. I take my medications. I take my supplements. I make sure that I have my caffeine because I am not on any ADHD medications. Caffeine is my (laughs) self-medication. And then... My brain needs some sort of stimulation in the morning, but because physically I'm more limited because of my health conditions and my body just not being ready to move that quickly, I am limited on what that stimulation is going to look like. Also, 
I'm not the only person in my home. My partner, boyfriend, he works from home too. Um, So I have to be conscious of what am I able to do to give my brain enough stimulation that meshes with my mind and body well. And that's why TV usually is what I what I turn to. And typically, that's about the time of day that I would work on some social media content also. I need to prioritize caring for myself. Could my schedule be a little more flexible for people in other parts of the world if I started earlier in the morning? Sure. But then I wouldn't be the coach that they hired. I wouldn't be my best self. And I cannot be my best self for others without being my best self for me. And as an ex-people pleaser, oh my goodness, was that a hard one to swallow. But again, I have to be my best self to show up for everybody else, which means that me having the surgery and the, the trips and, you know, trying to catch up on other things during the last month, I just, I didn't have the capacity to do more episodes. And so I'm glad you're all here. Um, You know, I missed you. But the reason I'm able to do this episode today is because I have the capacity. It has been my goal since I started the podcast to have a consistent podcasting schedule, but to be realistic with my needs in other ways. I'm not going to have that consistent schedule for you guys, which coming from an ADHD coach, that probably seems like the most counterintuitive thing that I could say. But the reality of it is, again, I love doing this, but there are other things that I need to be able to do first. And when it comes to looking at my week and writing podcast scripts or writing people back emails, those emails usually need to take a priority. Now, some magical day, though, when I hopefully can get a virtual assistant, um, then I will have more space and capacity to shift gears into those episodes. But the other part of this conversation with meeting your needs that we have to address is the fact that there is also executive... Excuse me. There is also executive functioning required to meet your needs. So sure, yeah, we have to figure out how to prioritize what's important, what's going to keep us functional, what's going to keep our work from becoming a complete overwhelming time suck. Those things are important, yes, but we also need to be able to feed ourselves and to get a good night's sleep and uh, to find time for play and for stimulation because all of those things are necessary for good executive functioning and to help our ADHD brains. But if you're in an executive dysfunction loop where you don't have enough executive functioning to do the things that are going to get you better executive functioning, then it can feel astronomically difficult to do something as simple as making a sandwich. And I want to normalize that for you. If you have experienced that, you are not the only one. When you look up uh, easy recipes online, it's so funny to me because what comes up are things that still require a crap ton of steps. There's so many steps involved in these so-called easy recipes. 
there's so much time involved in these so-called easy recipes. What is actually easy is pouring a bowl of cereal. That's, that's two ingredients, and the motions are the exact same thing. You just need a clean bowl, and you can pour that cereal in, and then pour some milk in. Then there's also things like granola bars or protein shakes. And if you're at a place where your executive dysfunction is so bad that you're struggling to feed yourself, it is okay to use protein shakes and granola bars and things that are one step, just take that lid off, just take off that wrapper so that you can get some sort of nutrients into your body. I tell my clients all the time, I would rather have you eating than starving yourself because in your brain, you think you have to be making some fancy dinner. Now, little side note, disclaimer, I am not a doctor. So any diet or exercise changes, please make sure that you're talking to your doctor about those things. But overall, eating is better than not eating. Now, yes, are there certain food choices that are healthier for our bodies than others? Absolutely. But when you don't have the executive functioning for those types of things, it can be difficult to access them. That's why pre-made salads are such a wonderful thing. I use them all the time. I don't do the little bowls because they always seem to have one ingredient that I'm allergic to. They always got to throw in like corn or like tortilla chips or something, something that I can't have or like turkey. Why do we got to have turkey in salad? Why can't it be ham? Always winds up happening. But you know what are great? The little baggies that have the little other individual baggies inside of them. I had one of those salads today. Are they super environmentally friendly? No. No, they're not. Would I like to be creating less waste? Yeah. But also, I know that I can't be a human who helps do anything else to change the planet and our society if I am unfed. Also, my body hates, hates high amounts of like, junk and processed food as easy as it is and accessible as it is and it would make my life so much easier if I could have it my body functions so poorly on that kind of stuff so like I gotta work with myself and you have to work with yourself you gotta figure out okay can you still function if you're you know just having tv dinners every night if you can And that's going to make your life easier, and it's going to make sure that you're fed a breakfast, lunch, and dinner every single day. Have the TV dinner, friends. It is okay, because you can't save the planet if you can't even get yourself out of bed in the morning. We use paper plates. Why do we use paper plates? Ah, yes, because it takes a lot of executive functioning to wash dishes, and we don't have a dishwasher at our place. Uh, It will be a requirement for wherever we move after here. Definitely need a dishwasher. But uh, yeah, we don't have one. So we use disposable plates. We use disposable silverware, um, you know, when we can. We don't use it all the time. But it's something that really helps us to kind of stay above water. It doesn't have to be perfect. Say that with me, friends. It doesn't have to be perfect. Super job. And I was not being condescending there. I'm legit serious. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't, you don't have to have the same system as your neurotypical friend from high school. 
because for them, they look at a task like doing the dishes and their brain goes, okay, well, we do this, we do this, we do this, and then we have a clean sink and that's enough of a reward. Woohoo. Whereas if you're ADHD or if you're HD autistic like me, um, not only is the idea of doing dishes a multi-step process that my brain just wants to spiral over. Also, it is a sensory experience that I hate. And my autism kicks in and is like, oh, but but you need gloves. You need an apron so that your stomach doesn't also get wet. And also then we have to stand there and be uncomfortable for a while. While, While ADHD is going, but there's so much to do. So yeah. Again, we use disposable products because we have to meet ourselves where we are. And guess what? I eat three meals every single day because I meet myself where I am at so that I can appropriately meet my needs. Also, another way that I help myself meet my needs is by sticking to bare minimums on the days where I don't have it in me. You know the days that I'm talking about, the ones where you wake up and you're just like, uh, nope. Do I have to? Those are the best days to do things like using disposable products. They just are. We have a case of water bottles upstairs and downstairs. Now, I try to pour water out of the gallon as often as possible. But when I am running upstairs for an appointment and I didn't refill my cup because the gallon up here just got emptied, guess what? I have a whole pack of water bottles that I can just grab one so I can make sure that I'm meeting the need of being hydrated. Because again, that is another thing that affects my body and how it functions. Guess what, friends? I I know that ADHDers and drinking water is like a constant joke on the internet, but like drinking water can actually make you feel less tired. Did you know that? Did you know that was a thing? I didn't know that was a thing until a couple years ago. When I was looking up, like, how to up my energy during the day, it wasn't drink lots more coffee or Mountain Dew or Red Bull. It was drink more water. (laughs) If you haven't had water yet today, go have some water, please. Seriously. But a way that we can meet that need is by simplifying the steps, which means disposable water bottles. Or... Having a water bottle that like a gallon jug, I should say, and having a reusable water bottle that you just refill throughout the day or like a cup and having that gallon that you refill. That's typically what I do. It, the gallon of water is, is sitting right here. But like I said, for when that gallon is empty and I haven't gotten to the store to replace it or gone downstairs and gotten another gallon to bring up, Then we have the water bottles as an option. And now I've gone on for like several minutes about water bottles. So let's talk about other needs. You know this one well. I'm sure you've heard it your entire life. Are you sleeping enough? And before you roll your eyes at me, yes, I know. I've been in the same exact situation. Wow, that was quite the stutter there. I don't know what just happened. But you know what? Like, I've decided that I'm going to leave in moments like that because... This podcast is about authenticity and showing what life as a neurodivergent person is. 
And no neurodivergent person that I know speaks perfectly every single time they have something to say and stuff like that happens. So if you notice that I leave those little like, oh, no, I messed up kind of moments in my podcast and you wonder why. Well, that's why, because this is neurodivergent life. This is being an adhd -er, an autistic person, um, you know, having all the things rolling around in my brain. And quite honestly, as an adhd -er, there are so many times that my brain is thinking 10 steps ahead of me and my mouth just cannot move fast enough. So yeah, then stutters and other word vomit rambles happen because I'm just trying to catch up and get on the same page as my own head. So yes, yeah, sleep. <laughs> sleep is a hard one. Um, because there are a lot of common sleep disorders that are comorbidities of ADHD, um, restless leg, sleep apnea, delayed sleep phase syndrome, just to name a few. Especially with that delayed sleep phase syndrome, living in a neurotypical society, but not being ready for bed until two in the morning can get pretty difficult, especially if you work a traditional nine to five job. This is actually why I have several clients who you know, either work for themselves so that they can make a schedule kind of like mine. Um, like I said earlier in the episode, you know, I'm ready to work by 10. But if you ask me to start before that, no, thank you. And being able to start by 10 means I get up around eight. So as long as I'm going to bed by midnight, I'm good. Like I am getting enough sleep then. And quite honestly, on the days where it doesn't line up perfectly. Like this morning was one of those examples. I uh, had to take some extra allergy meds last night and I was not getting up at 8 a.m. It just wasn't going to happen. Uh, so I was very lucky that I was able to sleep in an extra half hour, 45 minutes. In my old job working at the elementary school, that was not possible. Uh, the first school that I worked at, both in the same district, but the first school was a 7.45 a.m. start time, and the other school was 8.10. And oh my gosh, just that like 25 minutes made such a difference, let me tell you. But those are things to be conscious of when you're looking for jobs. What is functional for you? Do you have an office where they offer flexible start and end times? Could you work a little later if you come in a little bit later? Is that an option? Something to consider when it comes to thinking about how to meet your needs, especially those for sleep. But here's another thing that we tend to struggle with, revenge sleep procrastination. Because when we're not meeting our needs during the rest of the day for things like play, the time that we typically try to do that is when it's time to go to bed. So we put off going to bed because, well, I haven't gotten enough me time today. Hmm. That one, that one sound familiar, friends? Yeah, I thought so. So one of the other needs that you need to make sure you make space for so that it doesn't eat into other needs like sleep is time for yourself. Time to play. Time to engage your brain. Time to socialize if you like people. Because that's actually a need that is in our DNA. So if you know about polyvagal theory, there is a regulated state that humans are supposed to spend a good amount of their time in. It's called ventral vagal. Um, and ventral is activated by social engagement. That's one of the ways that we get into that regulated state is through connection and community. 
So to not be constantly in fight, flight, and freeze, yeah, we, we kind of need to spend some time socializing. And now socializing does not need to be like you are one-on-one hanging out with a person. It can be connecting with others online. It can be learning others' stories. We can just think about other people who are regulated, and that can sometimes give feedback to our nervous system. So fascinating. Actually, I should do an episode on polyvagal theory one day. Maybe I'll make a note of that. But the point of that is to say that, you know, it is written into us as humans that we are supposed to have some community connection. If all you do is work and then try to maintain your space and burn yourself out because then you're also involved in a whole bunch of other extracurricular type projects, but that aren't meant for you to play or socialize that are just other things to add to the laundry list of craziness that you fill your day with, well, yeah, then you're not fully meeting your needs. Also, though, if you work and then you're so burnt out at the end of your day from work that you just then sit in executive dysfunction all night and should yourself about all of the things that you should be doing in your house because, you know, your mother would be so disappointed if she knew that you weren't doing all of this stuff and you didn't have these perfect systems. Um, Yeah, that's not that's not going to be helpful either. I have talked about the carry method before. I have a video on my YouTube going into more detail on the carry method. But the concept of it is play, stimulate your brain, engage your brain, give it something that gives you joy that makes you happy, that produces those good chemicals to begin with. Shift into that palate cleanse of getting a little bit of movement or meditation or mindfulness going just to give you a good base to start with and then do the thing. You want to know why I do my mornings the way that I do? Because it is basically one big carry method for my day. By not forcing myself into doing work the second I wake up. I am actually giving my brain what it needs to set me up for a more functional day. Because right now, my workday is over. But because I had that time earlier this morning, I still have the capacity to work a little bit longer because I don't feel gypped. Now, I'm not naive that... Not everyone's schedule is going to work that way. I completely understand that aspect of this, especially if you are a parent. Finding time for you is incredibly difficult, but also incredibly important. If you are not a single parent, then talk with your partner and figure out how you guys can balance the time that you are not working to give you at least 30 minutes for just you. So that you're not sitting in that revenge sleep procrastination at night, scrolling, doom scrolling on your phone just endlessly to try and fill the void of you not getting anything for you, you not having your needs met. If you are a single parent, then that is going to be more difficult. Again, I'm not naive to that. Uh, If you do have anyone who can provide you some support so that you get some time at least through the week for you. That is incredibly important. If you're not able to get that you time, at the very least, we want to make sure that we're hitting those basic needs then. We want to make sure that you are fed multiple times a day, not just going 
in cycles of binging because you forgot to eat for eight hours. We want to make sure that you're having water regularly throughout the day and that you're getting a sufficient amount of sleep, an amount of sleep that is functional, not, hey, I can do it the next day. Like this is the absolute bare minimum of sleep I can get and then kind of function tomorrow. No. What makes you fully functional the next day? If we can prioritize ourselves for a moment, then you'll be surprised to see how much more executive functioning and energy you have to then put into the other stuff. So instead of then battling your brain for two hours to try and get up and do that thing that you need to work on, if those basic needs are met, it's going to be a lot easier. That is not a cure to ADHD. There is no cure. Uh, It's not a cure to executive dysfunction, but it is a very crucial part of treating ADHD. Pills don't teach skills, but also you need to have the spoons to do the skills that you're trying to learn to make those other things happen, the time management, the organizing, the whatever. And for you to have those spoons, you got to take care of you. All right, friends. Well, this episode was longer than I had initially planned. Um, So we're going to wrap it up here. As I mentioned at the start of the episode, make sure that you check out my website, uh, press that contact me button if you're looking into coaching services. I'm having some issues with my scheduling on the website. I'm trying to figure it out, but the best way to reach me is either through that contact me button or via email itself. That you can message the ADHD lady at gmail.com. But over the next month or two, I will have more one on one openings coming up. I have a few people graduating and some others stepping down. So keep an eye out for that. I also have created my start of 2023 class schedule. There's lots of good things on the horizon, friends, in case you've missed other pa- cla- blah, 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 other classes in the past. See, told you, keeping in those little moments. Um, there's a lot of good stuff coming there too. So again, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. And hey, if you want to hit those five stars, that always helps boost the podcast too. Thank you guys so much for joining me for another week of Coordinating Chaos with the ADHD Lady. Check out those socials, the ADHD Lady on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Oh, and don't forget my accountability crew. That happens every single month and it's such a great resource. Thanks again for joining me this week, guys. This is your host, Amanda, signing off.